Yo, what is up guys, and we're back here with another video. I'm off a Red Bull right now, so I'm super hyped. Got a lot of energy pumping through my veins. I think they can see that. <laughs> but... Today is one of the more important videos that we will be filming and these are all lessons that we learned the super hard way around the topic of being able to find business business partners slash co-founders along with co-workers. You don't necessarily need to be a business owner to be able to apply these rules. Now, we have the three pillars if you want to name them real quick. Yeah, so um, pretty much when you go into business, there's really three pillars that you really need to run a business. Um, there's finance, there's marketing and sales, and there's operations. I mean, there's also stuff like, like legal, but that's not really, I wouldn't really consider that. Part of building a business super important at least in the startup phase um but yeah essentially when you're starting a business you want to have one of these three pillars and you you know you really want to try people that fulfill the other two pillars that you're missing or if you know if you can carry the weight you want to of two pillars you want to be able to find the last person that you know the person that has the last pillar that can really carry you to the finish now kind of like the way that i like to compare a good business partnership to and some of you guys may disagree but is a relationship slash marriage now bro you're my boy don't get the wrong idea but at the end of the day We've been in business for a long time. At this point, we share bank accounts. Yes. We're constantly communicating in calls like what's the next step, what we're doing, working with our virtual assistants slash employees. And we're kind of like an everyday part of each other's lives. And there just needs to be full on transparency. There can't be any ego because that's how company culture will be ruined. Yeah, I guess, as you could say, just starting off the bat, I think the main thing you should look out for when you're, you know, you're getting a business partner is you have to watch out for people that have a huge ego. Because as we know through personal experience, and we've had people, we've brought people on that you know destroyed the company or destroyed cohesion. You know how we how we do things just by the pure ego. Um, as you may, as you probably know, like people with big egos tend to get in the way of growth, and it, it tends to cloud their judgment and you know make them put put decisions that make them look good over the benefit of the company. Yeah. So I think that's one of the most important things to look out for. And something super interesting is a lot of the times when I'm in a social type of setting and I'm talking to people and more and more I'd say of like a networking event where you're kind of getting to know both sides, seeing what value one person can provide you, what you can provide to them. And there's always that one person that's super loud trying to dominate the conversation. And people are really good at selling themselves to others. Anyone can make themselves sound good. Especially at those like networking conferences. I hate those, oh, yeah. dude. I hate of those. Of course, like that's their whole plan. But then when it actually actually comes to executing inside the business, it's kind of like what you told me is not matching up with what is actually happening. And this is what happens a lot. People, you need to look at someone's track record, not what they are saying. And this is a big mistake we made early on. Now, one of the big ways of spotting this and kind of seeing if someone is legit is when you're actually partnering up with them. Finances are a super important thing. You you want it to be side by side if you want to go into that a bit. Like hundred percent. So when you start a business, you know when you're bringing other people, you want to make sure you know they're in for it. They have the money right. because a lot of the times we've had through personal experience, we've been you know we start a business with somebody. We're like, okay, let's invest in this. Let's move on this. And me and Mitch are ready to go. And the last person like, uh, I don't have that money. And that's one of the most aggravating things to ever deal with. So a lot of times before you start a business with someone, you have to get a little bit personal. Say like, yo, I need to I need to know. Is your full focus on the business and do you have the money to go in on investments in order to grow the business? Yeah. Because a lot of the times, which it's happened, I think it's happened more than once with us, yeah. for sure, yeah. with more than one business partner, is we've gotten, we decided to partner up with somebody the and one of the first deals we've ever done, we're like, hey, can you, you know, front some money for advertising, for marketing, for, you know, for hiring this person? And then, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have that. 
So, I mean, that's, and that's one of the things also about being young and, you know, trying to find people. A lot of people don't have money at our age. And something that literally makes zero sense to me is think about it this way. Say person A has $100,000 in their bank account liquid to invest into some sort of venture. The other person comes off all big, like I can do this, I could do that, you know, I'm good at this. Come the time they need to make a certain business investment. And in reality, that other person only has $5,000 in the bank account versus you who has, say, six figures. That's not going to play out well at all. Yeah, and especially in those situations, there needs to be some sort of way you can balance things out. Whether you agree that one person does almost all the workload and most workload, um, or if you know the other person gets a little more equity, I think people really have to have that off the bat. A lot of the times, when you know when you're determining company equity, a lot of the times what actually ends up happening is these people that you know have don't have any money. Nobody really realizes it. In reality, those people should be getting less equity if their skills aren't you know insanely high. Exactly. And one example that I could just relate to personally that happened with us is whenever we have business expenses, we're big about credit. We use credit for any for literally everything. We never, ever use cash. And whenever we make certain business cover certain business expenses, investments, we always leverage credit for that. And then obviously we pay everything off on time when it comes to paying it off on time. We like to split everything three ways. And us two are good for it. We had up the other person, you know, payments due by this time. We're able to send it in. Nope, I'm not able to do that. And then you got yourself in a little situation where we got to use our own money to cover that person. And they'll be like, oh, I'll pay you by this by this time. And it just becomes a huge red flag. You you instantly lose trust for the person, ruin the company culture with them, and that partnership is pretty much dead. Yeah, and no, I think and I think another another uh, mistake people often make, you know, when they first look, or look for business partners, you know, when they look for business partners, I think people need to recognize when, when they need to bring somebody on as a co-founder and, you know, as a partner, you know, have someone who actually holds equity and, you know, when they have to, you know, bring someone on and they just really need an employee. Because I think a lot of the mistakes people make when they're first starting out is they think that the solution is, you know, keep bringing on more co-founders, uh, keep giving people more equity when a lot of the times the actual solution is, you know, just hire people out. Um, even though it's more of an upfront cost and, you know, it's more dollar wise, it's going to save them a lot more money in the long term. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes ever to people make. And a lot of it kind of comes down to what the business is and what skill set you are missing. So again, say there's a business full of three people. Let's just say us two. I'm good with marketing and sales. You're someone that enjoys doing legal work, back end stuff such as finances. Yep. Say we want to build some sort of, exactly. Say we want to build some sort of software. We don't have the coding skills required to build one. We want to bring a coder on. Now, this is where you kind of decide, do you pay him hourly? Do you give equity away or do you pay one big fee? And that is where a lot of people get stuck being able to choose what to do with their business. I mean, I think tech's a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I have some experience coding and uh, I, I, I've kind of dipped my hand in that little like cookie pot. Um, but I think, like you said, a lot of the time, based off what I've heard is tech is like really, really different compared to what we do. Um, you know. What you guys, some of you guys may or may not know, but you know, Mitch and I are working on a little bit of a tech tech company in the background. Probably won't launch for a while. Um, this is actually something that Mitch and I are actually just starting to get into too, as well. And uh, you know, are trying to venture into tech and you know, bring this knowledge over and seeing how it goes. Um, and seeing, you know, I think a lot of it will apply. Uh, but I think stuff like you know, hiring professional coders, I think that's going to be a little bit of a struggle for us mm-hmm. personally. Because personally, I'm someone that likes to double down on a skill. So, say for example, you're really good at soccer and you see a career in that. Why go ahead and try to learn basketball? So the way I view things is kind of learn your skill, try a lot, a bunch of different things, see what you enjoy, see what you're naturally good at, stick to that. And then when it comes to the business, find someone that compensates for your weaknesses and stick to your strengths. That way you're not able to have, say, say for example, I'm good at marketing. Why would I bring some sort of other marketer on when what I'm not good at, say, is coding? 
rather give away equity or pay hourly to them. Yeah, I think another theme we should probably touch on is, we've learned this personally, is you know don't have more than one person do the same exact job, unless it's sales. That's a little bit different. But I mean, we've kind of seen this firsthand, like we've added people you know that, that have been marketers or that we want to be you know on the marketing pillar of things. And you know, it didn't go so well because you would clash with them, they would clash with you, and you guys are pretty much doing the same thing. Um, so I think a lot of people have to realize is you shouldn't really be hiring people to the same exact function because that ends up people clashing heads and just ruins culture, quite frankly. I mean, sales is a little bit of a different environment because, you know, sales salespeople are pretty fun people. Um, you know, they're objective, you know, to sell and, you know, grow the company. Um, but that's fine if, you know, salespeople are competing because, you know, it kind of makes more competitive, more of a game. Um, but yeah. And kind of going off that, obviously, with sales, a lot of sales jobs are commission-based. You're not really working with a salesperson side-by-side. You're kind of, you kind of want to get your own customer, get that commission, get multiple commissions, call it a day. And yeah, kind of going off that, we've, we've kind of dealt with a lot of people in which we've had conflicting personalities with. And again, it just comes down to ego. Like, for example, you and I, Emiliano and I, for those we, kind of, we probably mentioned it in a previous video, but we've known each other for 10 years. So way before we got into business, we were kind of like playing basketball, video games kind of built up that friendship and all ego aside, everything, no competition. We kind of work together, keep everything transparent. But when you bring on someone new that you don't really have that close of a bond with, that's when you kind of get to the point of wanting to one-up one another. And that kind of ruins the teamwork. You instantly lose trust. And the second there's some sort of tension, partnership's going to clash. You guys aren't going to make money. You're not, you're no longer going to be happy. You know, you want to be able to look forward to meeting with your team, working, solving problems. But you, you know that feeling. We've had that feeling. Yeah, we have just had constantly, that feeling. You constantly dread just having to talk to that one person. Yes. And I just remember this one story where we have cut business partners off. And there was this one specific time where sir, you, you need to be, you want to explain because you need to be really careful with how you choose to cut a partnership off. Yeah, so we had a couple of bad experiences, you know, where we would end a partnership, um, you know, respectfully, and then someone, you know, like go and like drain the bank account, which, you know, luckily we have precautions to make sure it wasn't that bad. Um, we've had a lot of instances where, you know, things just really ended on bad terms. And I think it's really important, you know, if you're trying to, if something's not working, you should be fully transparent and, you know, obviously no way say anything offensive. I, mean, I know personally, we, ha- we have personally never said anything, you know, that's like hugely impacted someone's, you know, how someone's felt. But I think it's important um, in a partnership. If something isn't working, you have to be just really, really, really straightforward, or it's going to ruin how things go. Uh, you know, dissolving a company, or you know, even if you decide to move forward, because it sometimes if things aren't working out and you can't really ex- express yourself transparently and without ego, what ends up happening is um, you know every all future with that person is just gone. It's just over. And that's kind of the world that we're living in today where people are so used to receiving positive praise. And yeah, they receive so much that. of it that when it comes to receiving critical feedback, they, they get defense, they, they get full, exactly. they go with full they on defense, defense, everything. Exactly. And that's kind of something that you're able, we weren't able to spot in the early stages. Now we are. And kind of going forward, we, we've come to realize that it's not about what the person says. It's show us your resume, show us your track record, show us what you've done before if you want to work with us work together partner up on on something you want to see proof of concept that they were able to build something with instead of just believing what they have to say yeah i mean a lot of people you know not sound clear but a lot of people talk to talk and now we can walk the walk in business and you really have to walk you, know, you really have to watch out for you know what people have done compared to what they say they've done um i mean i think that's enough of the negatives i think we just talk about you know why you and i work together so well and you know what to look for exactly so 
as you guys know, I'm more on the sales and marketing side. Emiliano likes doing more backhand work, such as legalities, finance. finance I love my finance. All that stuff. I don't enjoy any of that stuff. So yeah. that's kind of a perfect compensation for and one another. And then the three pillars wise, he kind of takes over marketing and sales. I take over finance. Then we both kind of share operations and we, you know, hire employees to manage that specifically. And also, one important rule when choosing a business partner is think of someone. If you're going to partner up with them or something and just think, would you want to go on vacation with them? I 100% agree with that. Because we've traveled together and obviously it's always a good time. But yep. There are certain people that we've traveled with before and we're like, oh, it didn't go as planned. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I think the moral of the story is if, you know, you can't travel someone for like a couple of days. I don't, you know, I don't think you guys should be, you know, working together and trying to grow a business together. I think it just won't end well. Exactly. And just kind of think about the biggest companies and how they treat their employees. You know, for example... Working at Google, everyone loves it there. They get buffets, massages. They get like a what? Oh, I've, heard some, I've heard some crazy shit. Absolutely ridiculous. Google. And everyone's kind of able to speak with one another, no barriers. While certain businesses that don't work out, again, there's like for example in GoPro. Yeah, I remember researching a lot about GoPro. First off, nepotism was a problem. Oh, dude, those I, I, that was one of the only stocks that you know ever lost your money. I took exactly. a big hit on that one, dude. And the business itself was shaped more like a pyramid, where the person at the top was telling everyone what to do instead of it being much more decentralized. Yep. And everyone just kind of knowing, like for example, Emiliano and I. Yes, we communicate a lot with what we're supposed to do, but at the end of the day, we also know what we're supposed to do, and we kind of do it without us having to constantly talk. So when we meet up, yeah. it's like you did this, yeah, you did that, yeah. And, and you know, if of, one of us doesn't plan our weight, you know, we, we tell each other that, like, yo, Mitch, I need you to do this. You didn't do that. I need you, like, you know, yeah. I need to get on your shit. And again, going back to critical feedback, we're kind of able to tell each other anything. Like, yeah. literally, zero <laughs> barriers. We don't take anything personally. And that's kind of what I think shapes up the partnership to working really smoothly. I mean, I got to, so there's a huge, you know, debate on do you need to be friends with people you're in business with? That where do you fall on that? Yes and no, but I believe. Well, this is where it gets complicated. Business, each business is a different size. Yeah. So say, for example, there's a business that has hundreds of people, right? You don't need to know everybody. You don't need to know everybody. No, you're able to find a person to manage this group, a person to manage that group, and they're kind of doing their job. Because at the end of the day, not everyone wants to own a business. So say, for example, you hire a CFO. You don't necessarily – yeah, you want to be on good terms with them. You want to trust them, make sure they're not going to screw you over because there have been many instances in a business where – one co-founder or one someone who's at the top of the business would screw someone over. So I'd say, yes, you need to be fairly close. You need to at least trust them. But when it comes to starting a business from complete scratch, just you and one other person, maybe three people all together, yes, you need to be super tight with them. I agree. I think the larger the company, you know, the less you really need to know someone personally. But I think if you are starting a company from scratch, you know, like you and me have done with, you know, multiple companies, I think you do need to have a connection with the person or at least, you know, be able to be decent friends with them. Like how I would think about it is if you went to, you know, if you went to a friend's place, this person showed up, would you be able to hang out with them for like five hours straight? That's what I like to think about it. And just taking into account how hard it is to start a business from scratch and grow to the point of even five, 10 K per month. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hard work. And if you don't enjoy like who you're working with and you constantly, oh, gonna hell. <laughs> them, you, you're constantly, you know, you know, sometimes you think of something and you're like, I want to say this to this person, but in your head, you're like, nah, I feel like they'll take it personally. You don't want to have that thought. Oh, Whatever you comes have to your thought. mind, you want to be able to say it to that person exactly how it comes up in your mind without being worried. Oh, they're going to take it personally. Oh, they're going to react this way. Oh, they'll go behind my back. Maybe screw me over some way somehow. No, yep. you, you want to be able to say, say it to them knowing 
that you guys have full trust in each other and that is a rare quality to have because at the end of the day yeah if you have some sort of ego issue some power dynamic issue and you just don't work well with people Start your own business. Just be a lone wolf. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe. Yeah, we do. We know a couple of people that have their own operations. Pretty much do exactly. everything. I know people and that have fine. I know people that have cut everyone off. Kind of locked themselves up in a room and they're just working on their own business, which is completely fine. Yep. To each their own. I personally like working with others simply because accountability, man. Accountability, um, computation of skills. Yep. And just in general, it's just more fun if you're if you're super tight with a group of people. You guys are building a business. It's doing numbers. You guys are all able to spend time together and travel. It just makes for a completely different life experience. Exactly. You want to have fun with it. Yeah, I think there's a completely different dynamic. You know, trying to grow something yourself. You know, I, as I was talking about, like I did, I did business a little bit before you kind of hopped in. I had Correct. a couple Shopify. And I have to say, it was way way harder, and there was way less accountability. I 100% agree with what you said. That's it. But that that pretty much covers a lot of what we wanted to go over. I'd say the main thing is knowing how to read people. That's one of the most important skills I'd say yep, I've learned in people. the past few years, reading people, because I know how to sense people's energy, mm -hmm. their true intentions, and we're kind of easily able to tell who's a talker versus who's an actual doer. Yep. It's really not that hard. Um, Again, pa power dynamic issues, those are huge. Now, something, something that I also wanted to mention, there's a big difference between business and friends at the end of the day. If someone, like for example, Emiliano and I, we didn't really need to convince each other. We kind of just naturally liked the whole process of starting a business, growing it. But say for example, there's someone you're, say for example, I was entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially minded, <laughs> pronounce other, but Emiliano wasn't, you know, yeah, I'm good friends with him, but never force someone that's not business minded to get into business just because they're your friend. I 100% agree with that. I think. We've seen it. I think we've seen it personally with some people trying to convince their friends, like, "Hey, I need you. you know, like, you want to do this with me?" And then the person tries it out, and they're like, the, "The other person kind of gets salty when they realize that person isn't really not, you know, an entrepreneur yeah, or entrepreneur-minded." Say you're ready to put in 10, 15 hours a day of work every single day just because you want to. The person will put in two to three days, two to three hours a day. Call it a day. That's going to be unfair to you. You guys are going to get into argument. A friendship could be ruined over that for no reason. So there's just too much downside to risk. So never. For someone close to you to get into business just because they're friends with you. No, you want to see that actual passion inside of them. Yeah. Uh, I think we should also touch on, you know, uh, something to, that's nice, not always required. But, uh, you know, with you and me, you know, I, I kind of hate doing what you're good at and vice versa. I mean, for instance, um, I don't really like marketing sales. I really hate being on the phone, really hate, you know, like closing shit like that. Or I really hate like marketing, running, sometimes running ad campaigns. I'm not really a huge fan of like copyright and all that stuff. But that's, you know, is more especially, and, you know, on your side, you kind of hate doing the financials, you know, hate doing the accounting, you hate, you know, managing all the lines of credit, you hate managing the bank transfers, that's something that I just love doing. Or like, you hate managing productions, you know, financial reports, and that's, you know, that's my, that's my shit. <laughs> also, something super important is, while I do not enjoy necessarily what Emiliano is good at, it's something that you need to still know. It's something, what Emiliano does, I still understand how to do it. Obviously, he could do it way better, but you still want to understand how to do what oh, your yeah. other teammates are doing. I remember you told me you don't need to necessarily write the best-selling book. You just need to be able to read it. So that's, for example, how I view finances. I want to be able to look at the balance sheets, the income oh, yeah. statements. I want to be able to understand them, especially come tax season. I want to understand how all that works because when I look through, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. You just understand the whole process. You need to be able to, you need to be able to make sure, you need to have enough experience to make sure that what the other person is doing is quality. For instance, like I said, like I really hate doing you know the marketing and sales side, but I understand how it all works and I can recognize good work when I see it and you know, vice versa. 
you're, you're, you, you know, my finance, you know, finance, you know, shit like that. You, you just don't like doing it. And, you know, you may not be as good as me, but you recognize good work when you see it and vice versa. Exactly. It's just the idea of being open-minded despite you, despite me being good at this and not wanting to get good at that. You, you need to put your ego aside and learn, also learn what you're not good at. Yep. You don't need to be great at it, but understand it. Yeah. So like, for example, similarly with code, if you don't want to learn code, learn how to read it. It's going to make a complete, because for example, when someone that doesn't know code and someone that does know code are talking with one another on building a business, in a sense, they're both speaking a completely different language. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that needs to be fixed if they're going to be working together. Yeah, you know, that's why I've been really touch, touching up on, you know, learning more. I know a couple, I know like Python, some basic stuff like that. But that's, you know, why I've been trying to expand my whole coding knowledge is so when then you and me are planning final launches, and, you know, we probably bring someone on that's more of like a tech, a technical a coder guy. I can be able to understand, like, is their work good? What are they doing that's cool? What what could be improved? Stuff like that. You know, it's having a basic understanding. Exactly. So, yeah, that pretty much sums up a lot of what we wanted to go over. And as I mentioned earlier, you don't need to be a business owner necessarily to be following all this advice and <clears throat> value in general. But you could be someone that's work that just got a new job. You're kind of trying to, and like a lot of jobs in the corporate world today, it's all team-based. You're constantly working with other people. It could be a group of 10 people, and there's one person that's kind of like micromanaging everyone. A lot of the rest of the team secretly doesn't like that one person. They're yeah. not going to tell the boss, and that a lot of problems arise. So being able to learn those skills to kind of excel in a setting of a team inside of a business that's trying to grow it's going to be super hit or miss on how much time you actually dedicate to learning that psychology learning through your own experiences i would say a lot of the stuff is actually more i would say most stuff is actually really really applicable to, you know company culture more than just solely you know finding co-founder or business partner i think a lot of what what makes a good founder or business partner is actually the culture and that you know you can take that and you can also apply it to you know like actual business organizations or even if you're not an entrepreneur you can apply it to your own workspace exactly. so yeah we hope that you guys could take this advice that we kind of went through um and again we, we haven't fully learned team psychology team dynamics you know we're only 19 years old we're still going off our own experiences still learning but that's kind of the fair share that we can give you guys over the past few years of us being able to start and grow businesses and team up with other people and that's kind of our scent on that yeah see you next episode take care